You're listening to How To 20-Something, the only podcast that helps both men and women navigate their 20s and learn how to adult across all aspects of their lives. We're going to be focusing on career, relationships, finances, fitness, nutrition, and all of the common challenges and obstacles a typical 20-something will face in this post-college life and what to do about it. I'm your host, Just Diamond, and I'm the CEO and founder of Just Diamond Coaching, where I help young professionals get their shit together, gain their confidence, and own their life. No one prepares you for this adulting world, so allow me to help you feel like you are no longer a chicken running around with its head cut off, and that you actually know what the hell is going on and what your next step to take is. Welcome to How To 20-Something. Look, it's not you, it's your habits. Welcome to another episode of How To 20-Something. It's time to talk about how to break up with your bad habits. Today is all about understanding how you can wake up to your current reality, what happens when you do so, and how it inadvertently allows you to move forward and to stop repeating the same cycles that are not serving you well. I do want to begin this episode with talking about how endless cycles can come from a couple of different places, but there are two most common forms that I'm going to discuss right now and in today's episode. The first one would be when you feel like you're running on autopilot during your week, so you're mindlessly moving from one thing to the next, and before you know it, the day's over only for you to repeat it all again tomorrow. And please note, this is different than having a routine, but that's another episode for another time. The second one is if you're experiencing the same series of events and outcomes in your life and might be the main reason you're listening to me talk right now since you're probably sick of the cycle you're stuck in. I do feel as though this particular cycle can then be further broken down into two different types of habits. You have your short-term ones as in how you're behaving on a day-to-day aspect and even like as short as a minute-by-minute aspect and then more long-term ones that are goal-oriented and spread out over time. It's also important to note that you are the common denominator of all the problems you're experiencing and therefore play a major role in what's going on and a major role in how to change things up. And this is going to be the type of endless cycle both on a day-by-day, minute-by-minute aspect and on a more stretched out aspect that we'll be primarily focusing on today. I am going to preface this episode by saying this topic of conversation does take work. This is not something you can just wing and hope that it gets better over time. It's something that you need to actively work on in order for it to improve. I said this at the end of episode one, that this is something you're going to hear me say a lot, so I'm going to say it again, and that it's that you cannot change your situation without improving your level of awareness. It's also why it's the very first pillar in my signature Own Your Life system, which is the journey that I take my clients through in regards to their goals and current reality. The bright side is this is something you can do on your own, and I'm not here to gatekeep any information, so of course I'm going to explain just how you can increase your awareness and start paying attention to patterns so that you can work to disrupt them. Now, In order for you to wake up to your current reality and become aware of what's going on in the areas of your life that you're looking to improve, you're going to need to make lists or track, journal, or pretty much do any form of written documentation so you have something to refer back to and see where things are not working out in your favor and then start to make changes accordingly. Some version of tracking can be applied to multiple different areas depending on what your focus of change is, and I'm going to run through a bunch of different examples today, so don't you worry. (laughs) 
But first, you're going to need to take a step back and evaluate what experiences are you not loving, what's within your control, and what outcomes are you looking for so that you can begin searching for the changes that need to be made. And this is where journaling can be a very powerful tool. Otherwise, you might forget about certain patterns, like as soon as they happen, you acknowledge it, and then it completely leaves your mind. Once you've done that, then you can start the tracking process to build your awareness and collect the information you need. You remember how in episode one, I told you to be your own scientist and get curious and question everything? A big hint would be if you haven't listened to that episode yet, definitely go do so because this week is all about collecting data on yourself and applying the concept of not being so hard on yourself with the thought process that you're simply collecting the information you need to then be able to make improvements. So playing off of that concept, rather than harshly criticizing yourself for being caught in the same loop, thank yourself for doing your best and now we get to search for the positive intention behind your habits, knowing that it's time to change things up. You see, your brain has one goal in mind and that's to keep you alive. And part of that means staying where things are comfortable even if those things are holding you back from you being able to reach your full potential. Your habits protect you. They're familiar. They create stability in the moment and some even serve as instant gratification or dopamine responses. Whereas change is scary and your brain doesn't understand why you would want to change something since what you've been doing has been successfully keeping you alive so far. Change brings this unfamiliarity to a situation even though you know the new habit you're working to develop will improve your life and not kill you, your brain is still going to try to stop you because it's new. So remind yourself that this is something new, it's okay to be scared, and you're not going to die. But before we even dive into the changes to be made, let's talk about some familiar versions and scenarios of tracking either maybe you've already done or you can quickly realize you can start to do and see where your patterns lie. Now I would say the most common versions are probably in regards to food. So you've probably heard some version of tracking calories or macros, and that's where we're gonna start. Let's say you wanna change your appearance, whether that's lose weight, build muscle, or some other version of body recomposition. You have to know where your maintenance calories are and then make adjustments from there. Finding your maintenance would mean consistently seeing how many calories you're eating throughout the entire week. So some might, some days might be a little more, some days might be a little less, and we're looking for that average, which also comes with weighing and measuring everything you're eating to get an idea of where you're maintaining your current weight. Then it's a matter of learning from the data you've collected as to whether you need to drop your calories if you want to lose weight or add calories if you want to reverse diet or bulk up. I mean, it's not actually that simple, but don't worry, I'm going to do an entire episode on how you can start your body recomp journey in the future. This is just not the main topic of today's episode. This is merely an example of tracking. Another example would be if you're bad with time. Then tracking what you're doing with your time helps you become more aware of your relationship with it. And this can even appear in the form of setting alarms so that you're making sure you're on schedule with the things you need to be doing and the places you need to be. Like... If you're always the friend that's late to something or not true to your time word and you want to fix that about yourself so that you are more reliable, then you need to understand how you plan for your time, like how long it takes you to get ready, travel time, parking time, traffic time, and then add them all together so you can reverse engineer what time you need to start getting ready the next time so that you aren't 
extremely late to wherever you need to be. I would say this is definitely a type A personality trait and I for one am type A, but it is easily applicable if you are looking to improve your punctuality. Like if someone says we're meeting somewhere at 6.15, my brain is immediately thinking, okay, if it's 20 minutes away and I know the parking situation, then I need to leave by 5.50 to account for traffic. It takes me about 30 minutes to get ready, which includes finding and refinding an outfit. So I need to make sure that I'm getting ready by 5.20, the absolute latest. I also know being type A, like the type A person that I am, that would mean I'm getting ready at 5 and then probably driving there and sitting in my car for the spare 20 minutes. Let's move on to a different example. If this was in regards to your finances and you find yourself living from paycheck to paycheck and you don't particularly enjoy living that way, then you need to track your finances to see if you're living above or below your means and where you tend to spend your money outside of your monthly bills. I know most of you listening are drastically underpaid as wages haven't adjusted properly for cost of living and inflation, so we're going to put that thought on hold for a second, put it to the side, and think about things like how often you're eating out. What do you spend on clothes? What do you spend on drinks and Ubers? Because those things add up, or even coffee. I have a budget sheet that breaks down all of my bills and income as well as anything miscellaneous so I know on average how much I spend every month. All right, those are pretty standard, straightforward forms of tracking, so let's move into some real-life scenarios that could come up. Let's say you want to change the outcomes of your nights out. I once had a client come to me. He was a potential client last summer, ended up working with me, but he first came to me because he had just experienced his third bar fight in a very short amount of time and was ready to change his behavior. He knew that the fights came from blacking out when he mixed both drugs and alcohol in the same night, so we had his starting point of awareness, which every one of my clients have that first step in their awareness that something in their life isn't right, they just don't know the direction to take to begin making changes, and then that's where I come in and build on that conscientiousness. Anyways, Finding that commonality in his bad nights was crucial to begin making changes, so then it became a matter of making note of the people he's with or the alcohol he's drinking or mixing and even understanding why he was drinking and doing drugs since it could be a coping mechanism, it could be an addiction, which is when I would need to refer you out to a specialist, it could be a celebratory moment, but whatever it may be is finding the reason behind your decisions and then slowly changing certain aspects. So we're going to go back to being a scientist again, as this is so important when you want to make changes in your life. You need constant variables and only one independent variable at a time, meaning you're only changing one thing at a time. So in this example, first it was, let's try a night out without drugs. Then it was, let's see how you feel when you stick to one type of alcohol. Then it was, let's see what happens when you eat a full meal before you go out so it can absorb some of it. And then it was try going out with different people and see if it was external influences that triggered you to get all riled up. It's like if you were to throw 10 darts at a board all at once and one of them hits the bullseye, how do you know which one in particular hit the bullseye for you to repeat that throw again? It's impossible to articulate which was the one dart. And many times this is what happens when you start on your own journey and you're filled with motivation, so you begin doing everything at once but you don't know which was the one thing that was supporting you the best. And it's why I preach a a one-step-at-a-time approach in everything you're doing. This also helps build your momentum. It helps you develop a better relationship with yourself, and it makes it 
easier to be able to trace back what that one thing was that made the most difference that you can rely on even when all of your motivation is gone. And it prevents burnout and overwhelm. All right, another example would be if let's say you're constantly attracting toxic relationships into your life. Step one would be to realize that there's something in common about all the toxic people that you've been with. Yes, you are still part of that common denominator, but there's other influences that we get to pull out. So step two would be to start recognizing where did you meet these people? What were each of their toxic traits? What did you allow yourself to put up with over and over again? Essentially pulling out the common characteristics and how they relate back to you. The tracking part comes from writing it all down on a piece of paper. Heck, even make a Venn diagram and compare and contrast people. And then you'll be able to start to recognize the red flags quicker and set boundaries with yourself on what you're willing to accept and what you're not. But you want to recognize the patterns that are occurring in whatever area in your life that isn't going so well by documenting different instances. Not making a mental note, but actually putting a pen to paper and writing it all down whenever it appears. We all know history repeats itself, and guess what? That also applies to your life unless you learn from your mistakes or undesirable outcomes, which comes from being aware of what's going on in the decisions you're making and the actions you're taking. One thing that gets me so mad and all riled up is watching people in my life, like friends and family members, repeat the same cycles over and over again and not understand that the consequences of their actions will and do compound on themselves. So please, out of all of the messages I am giving you, let this one really sink in of when you don't look your habits, cycles, and problems straight in the eyes, you will only make your life harder as a result and your relationship to yourself and those in your life will suffer. Now, more positive note. A lot of times it's easier to start with the positive patterns in your life, like recognizing the people or the food or the experiences that make you feel good and pulling out all of those commonalities. Like asking yourself, what activities make you feel alive? For me, I love hiking, playing sports, hanging outside with friends and having good conversations, working out on the rooftop of my gym, going for walks, uh, helping people change the way they think about things, which is why I'm doing this podcast. Now, I'm a very active person, clearly, and being outside is something almost all of those activities have in common. Basically, it's pretty easy for me to know that I feel alive when I'm in the sun and getting fresh air. You'll quickly come to realize how cyclical life can be, so it all depends on if you want the outcomes to be an upgraded version of you, or if you're staying where you're at and repeating scenario after scenario, like same you, different day kind of situation. One of my favorite things that I like to do with myself and with my clients is if we're going through a bit of a rough patch, I like to reflect back to a past rough patch and remind myself how it all worked out in the end. Most of the time, it was even better than expected. And one of my favorite quotes that exemplifies this, it is cheesy, and I think I heard it on TikTok, is everything works out in the end, and if it's not working out, then it's not the end. For example, as I'm creating this episode, I'm in the middle of shifting my community. I realize that some of the people I consider to be in my inner circle of friends aren't showing up in that way anymore, and we are just growing apart. While it's tough to go through in the moment, this is not the first time something like this has happened. The last time it happened, I was in my junior fall of college. I recognized what was going on, knew my own worth, 
and moved on to surrounding myself with people I had lost contact with since freshman year. And I ended up meeting more amazing people who are mostly still in my life to this day and that I hold dear to my heart. And hopefully they're listening to this podcast right now and know that I'm talking about them. So think about a more broad cycle you've been in. Not necessarily a habit loop, but a situation that has become all too familiar and consider if it led you down a better path. Ask yourself if you grew from it or ask yourself if it showed up again as a lesson needing to be learned. Reflect as to whether you could have handled the scenario better and learn from that experience so that you can apply it next time something similar shows up. With my community situation, I've reflected that the way I handled my emotions and communication was exactly how I would have coached a client through it. And it's also something that I recognize I would have handled much differently and probably much more immaturely a year ago, if not even six months ago but I'm learning through experiences and through books that I read, and then I go and apply the knowledge to my real-world situations, even when it's scary and uncomfortable. And hopefully by now you can see how tracking, journaling, and note-taking are useful in bringing in your awareness to your habits, but we're going to move on to shift gears into what to do with the information that you're collecting. First, It's important to know that habits usually stem from some kind of cue or trigger and are the result of a soothing or numbing process that can be dealt with in healthy ways and ways that aren't so healthy. Your habits are generated by a reward system in your brain. So you're going to gravitate towards the things that make you feel good and release some dopamine rather than what's best for you. For instance, it's much more fun to buy a cute new outfit than to save your money. It's much easier to numb out or escape your problems with social media, drugs, alcohol, or food than facing them head on and processing what's happening in your life or to even switch those escapes for with going for a walk or taking a bath or meditating. Do something that is more forward thinking and forward moving for you. Now I'm not saying switching your rewards is going to be easy, but it is definitely possible. It's going to take some discipline at first But once you do it a few times and reap the more long-term benefits of your decisions, you can then remind yourself of the outcomes you loved based on the better decisions you've made. Sometimes, if the delayed gratification is too difficult for you right now, then it comes down to creating a barrier of entry to prevent you from indulging in your more toxic habits. And this is where breaking your short-term habits becomes more applicable. So a financial one could be putting a certain amount of money on a Visa gift card and only taking that card out with you. If you find yourself on your phone late at night and you know that it's affecting your sleep, then it becomes a matter of charging your phone across the room or even in a different room entirely. Like I charge my phone in the kitchen because I developed a really bad habit of checking it until I was about to go to sleep and playing on it first thing in the morning. I needed to create an out of sight, out of mind approach so I could have more peaceful sleep and a more pleasant start to my day. And tracking with your phone can come from looking at your screen time with the goal to reduce it by 10, 20, 30 minutes every day for a week straight and then continuing to decrease it until you've become satisfied with the habit you've developed and the relationship and even addiction that you have with your phone. A food one would be not buying unhealthy foods at the store when you go grocery shopping. It's not saying you can't have a bag of chips or candy or ice cream, but it's making it more difficult for you to access it when you have your cravings either late at night or mid-afternoon as it's no longer a few steps to the kitchen away, but a whole drive to the store process. 
And I listen to a fitness podcast called Mind Pump, and the guys talk about this a lot when they're going on a cut or getting more serious in their training or coaching someone that has called in and asked a question, and that's if you want the chips or the candy or the ice cream, then you'll need to get dressed, put on shoes, and drive to the store and pick up a single serving. Just like charging your phone elsewhere, this creates that moment of pause or out-of-sight, out-of-mind approach that allows you to think about how worth it that piece of food is or even ask yourself if you're actually hungry or bored or if there's something else at home that you can eat that's probably a better choice for you. But you want to make your bad habit not as accessible to you so you have to jump through extra hoops to get to it and more times than not, you realize the hoop jumping isn't worth it. And sometimes it is. But when you break your habit loops, you'll quickly be able to see your quality of life improve, your relationship to yourself and with others will get better, and the outcomes you're generating will trend more positively. You'll be able to move forward and achieve your goals because you've broken the cycle you were previously stuck in. You'll find that you're in a better mood, you have more energy, you feel like you're getting your shit together, and depending on the habit, maybe you start to look better. And your outlook in your life will improve. And you'll surround yourself with better, healthier people. And suddenly you've discovered this beautiful ripple effect that you've created because you decided it was time to break the cycle you were previously stuck in. When you change your habits, you change your life. And everything becomes possible for you to achieve and overcome. But you have to put in the work and do some form of tracking in order to bring it to the top of your mind and make a conscious effort to figure out that pattern that is no longer serving you. Anything you bring an awareness to will improve without even creating a barrier of entry for the worst habit or a reward for the better one. Like yes, those definitely will enhance the improvements and results that you're after, but the awareness factor alone will get the ball rolling. So start there. Start with tracking or note-taking or journaling for a week straight. Get the pen to paper and review the findings. Start with figuring out what you can do even on your worst day or how you can show up for yourself even when you have zero motivation and discipline to do so. And then watch your 1% compound on itself until it becomes naturally ingrained in your life. Charging my phone in the kitchen was tough at first and I only did it Monday through Friday And then I got to a point where it actually made me more anxious to have it next to me while I slept because I got so used to peacefully going to bed without answering any messages. And now it's so normal for me to not feel the need to check it once I go in my room for the night or even the second I wake up in the morning. But it's a matter of starting somewhere. And remember, we're collecting information and data to see the common patterns and then you get to choose what patterns you want to work on to disrupt but you have to wake up to your current reality in order to break up with the habits that you know are not good for you. You and everyone around you will benefit as a result. And if this is a conversation that you would like to have with me one-on-one, please email me. Or if you want another resource to help you build your healthy habits and break your bad ones, then I recommend Atomic Habits. It's a great book to read. I'm going to link my email and the book in the show notes for you to immediately click it and buy it or immediately click it and email me. But here's the thing. You can do all the book reading and podcast listening you want. It's what you do with the information you're digesting that matters. And I just gave you a hell of a lot of actions you can begin taking within the context of your life.
And with that, I want to thank you for listening to another episode of How to 20-something. You're amazing for wanting to know how to improve your life and break your bad habits. And let me know what happens when you start your own version of tracking. Remember, you can always email me at coach.jessdiamond at gmail.com. And you know, if you have a story that the world needs to hear that you believe could help someone else within the context of their lives, please contact me so I can bring you on as a guest. I hope you have an amazing week. And I can't wait to be in your headphones again on Monday. So don't forget to hit subscribe so that you're notified when the second the next episode gets dropped. I'll talk to you then.